Say It Skillfully is about being who you really are and saying what you think needs to be said, even at work. Whether you're part of a small project team or leading a giant company, the more you accept that you're part of the problem, the faster you can be part of the solution. Join Molly Chang today as together we break the silence and learn how to be happier, healthier, and more productive at work and in life. Hello, Molly here. Welcome to Say It Skillfully, helping you find the words to create shared reality in a way that's true to yourself. Yes, being true to yourself, grounded in your own self, is at the core of saying it skillfully. To get to know ourselves takes work at times, hard work. A beautiful thing, when you meet someone who's done this work, their groundedness is palpable. And a simultaneous confidence and humility comes across that's both inspiring and reassuring. And this is what I feel about my special guest today. Born in Tbilisi and what's now the Republic of Georgia, he played professional basketball for 20 years in Europe and on six different NBA teams and won the coveted NBA championship not once, but twice with the Golden State Warriors, the first ever from his country to win it. He pursued a dream to become a world-class athlete and lived it. Remarkable. And what inspires me even more about my friend is his passion and purpose in this next chapter to help make his sport even better, to nurture the dreams of young people, and to grow himself as a businessman, leader, an adoring father. I am delighted to introduce Zaza Petrulia. Zaza, welcome to Say It Skillfully. Thanks for this amazing intro, Molly. Uh, <laughs> that was pretty cool. Thank you. <laughs> well, it's well-deserved, my friend. I'm so delighted that you're making out time. It's a real privilege. And um, it's you're really inspiring. Um, I know... I might seem for folks, you know, when you look at the the journeys that maybe it was, quote, just destiny, you know, you're super talented, you're six feet 11 inches tall. So maybe it's like, oh, it's a no brainer. He's in the NBA. I know that wasn't the case, uh, though both of your parents were athletes. So would you kindly take us back to your childhood? Give listeners a peek into your journey, you know, the people, the experiences that have really shaped you. Yeah, uh, you know, I was born and raised, in, as, as you mentioned, Tbilisi, Republic of Georgia. And back then, uh, Georgia was part of the Soviet Union. So you can imagine not everything was that easy, um, especially for the parents that, you know, trying to uh, have a family. And I was the only child and do everything they could for me. Um, not everything was as easy, accessible and, you know, approachable. So... Uh, my dad was a wrestler. My mom was a basketball player. So I was born and raised in an athlete's family. And I, I remember those, you know, kind of debates and uh, arguments. What path should I choose and what sport I should, I should play in? Uh, you'll be surprised that my mom won the battle. Um, and uh, the way she won the battle, actually, when my dad was not at home, she showed me the picture of the wrestler some random wrestler and, and a basketball player. So, you know, basketball wrestler was like a little bit shorter, um, no neck and no disrespect though, but you know, that's, you know, that's the reality, the way that's the way I, they are built. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it was, 
Yeah, he was a strong guy, but uh, I remember the picture. He was a strong guy, but a basketball player was way better physique-wise to look in. And maybe she did it on purpose, like, to freak out and to show me the picture of uh, the wrestler and basketball players. There was such a difference. So as a kid, I said, you know what? I want to look like a basketball player. And then plus, of course, she, she, she added, like, you know, like, look at Michael Jordan, you know, and Look at some of the, like, Magic Johnson and Larry Bird. Like, they are so popular and, you know, women love them and et cetera, et cetera. So basically, that's how it was pretty smart of her. And I said, you know what? I want to play basketball. I want to look like this guy. And then I, I pointed to the basketball player in the picture. So, um, and I started playing uh, ball in, in Georgia for, and, it, you know, it was about the love. It was about enjoying the process, even though, uh, circumstances was difficult. Life was difficult. Uh, my parents, I gotta give them credit. They did a good job for me not to feel that, you know. So that way I could enjoy whatever I was doing, and you know that that joy became a passion, and the the, the passion, you know, was deeper and deeper, and uh, you know they made me to sacrifice a lot of things in my life. Um, so. It was, it was pretty cool childhood, to be honest. Um, I, like, but I, like I say, it's all about my parents. They didn't, I didn't feel any pain whatsoever. So, so Zaza, what uh, when you said life was difficult, you know, and uh, I'm here in the U.S. and I, you know, again, I've seen pictures of what difficult could be. But would you share, you know, just bits about what what was difficult? Well. Economically, right? So the country was not doing as, as, as good. Uh, you got to understand where in, 19, in 1991, we got independence, right? So we, we separated from Soviet Union, so we got independence. So the country started to leave its own. And uh, there were no jobs, there was no electricity, there was no food. Uh, like it was a really tough situation, and, and both my parents were actually they they had to they had to stop playing sports, both of them, at early age because there was no hope and no future in that industry back then. Uh, my my mom was a she was a doctor, uh, and my dad was a, a bus driver, you know, so. He was an engineer, but he was driving a bus. Um, so it wasn't about what, what you finish in university and, you know, what faculty you finish in university. It was about just getting an A job, you know. So um, so that's what I'm saying. Life was difficult. Like, you couldn't leave the country. Obviously, no internet, no... Like, we would have electricity power maybe an hour a day. And... Um, and then the rest was darkness. And I remember uh, to get a bread, there were lines, like hundreds of people were lined up. And you better gotta get there like 6 a.m., I would say, because I've been, I've been in the line. And they would write numbers on, on, the, on your hands, for example. That way, nobody sneaks in, you know? So everybody had a number on their hand. That, that, that's how we were like, kind of controlling the, those lines. So. Um, you know, remember those moments and what we're dealing right now, you know, today's reality, thanks God, the country is such a better place and 
um, you know, it's so much more beautiful. It's just grown and, you know, generations, obviously, of so many smart people. Um, it's just way better. But unfortunately, that's what we had to deal with. That is amazing to have that gift of that appreciation for uh, for living that. And I imagine that that um, makes it easy to have gratitude when you look around today, you know, at, at everything you have. Um, so I was not a great athlete like you. I, I did play sports. So share a bit about the, you know, I asked you when we, we were chatting and I said, you know, the, the basketball and it's the word obsession came up. You're like obsession. So just share with us when as a kid obsession, what did that mean? And um, how did you, you know, how did you get yourself to the, I know you tell us a little bit about your semi-pro pro journey um, for the young kids who dream about this. Yeah, that'd be really great. Yeah. I mean, you know, as I told you, the, you know, I fall in love with this game. I really did. Um, you know, good sides of it and, and, and tough sides of it, you know. So, um, you know, you know when I noticed that? Once I start sacrificing things, and what I mean sacrificing is like not to go to my friend's birthday party because I had a practice or not being able to celebrate any kind of uh, holidays because I had to go to practice, I had the game. Um, you name it. I mean, uh, actually, my, my, my parents would, you know, I was pretty decent in, at school. Um, I don't want to say that I was the best in school, but my parents would punish me with not going to practice if, I, if my grade would drop to B, for example. So... Um, you know, there was a lot of sleepless nights where I had to make sure my grades were, you know, good enough and that way my parents were happy with it, you know, so, um, so those, those are what I mean with the sacrifices. So you could tell, I mean, I was doing everything possible to that way as far as I don't miss any practice or game. Uh, and, uh. Plus, it was, there were so many things to do back then in the 90s and early 2000s that this was my best friend, and I was the only child, I remember. So I had nobody to play with at home. So this was everything for me. Um, you know, I had posters in my bedroom of Michael Jordan, Rod Strickland. It was very limited. I mean, it, it was only a few posters you could actually buy or get. And, you know, we couldn't even afford to, to buy for magazines and stuff. But we're lucky to get two or three posters. One of them was Glenn, Glenn Wright, I remember. And uh, those three posters were hanging on my wall. And was just watch, looking at the poster uh, and dreaming, like, you know what, I want to have my own poster. I want to play in this on this floor. I want to play in this gym. I mean, I want to play in front of these fans like they were in the background. So every single day. And, you know, when you, when you build a relationship with something, that's like I was building relationship with basketball. We're watching the posters and practicing every single day. So that was an amazing journey. And, you know, Molly, I believe when you love something with this much and with this passion and you do anything for it, um, and then you worked very hard every single day, you enjoy the process, 
Um, and, you know, you got to have some kind of talent, too. You mentioned about height. Yeah, absolutely. Both my parents were tall. And height would definitely help me. Uh, yeah, I had a little bit of talent, I would say, <laughs> some kind of talent. Then you deserve to get lucky. You know, I told you about the phone. I love this phrase. You know, people say, oh, he got lucky. You got lucky. Maybe, yeah. I mean, lucky is, you know, a huge part of the success. But luck doesn't come easy. You got to put your situation, yourself in a situation to get lucky. So I think I did put myself in a situation to get lucky, the way I approached to this game. And to to this, you know, to my job, to basketball, with obsession, with love, with discipline, with the work ethic and the, the talent. Um, and guess what? I got lucky. <laughs> so, um, you know, I moved to Turkey when I was 14 years old. Um, that was an interesting part of my life, in my career. I moved to Turkey when I was 14 because I was my parents put me in a Turkish uh, well, it was Turkish school, but uh, all the lessons were in English. Uh, so my English was pretty good back then. Uh, and um, with the connections was through that school, actually. Uh, I moved to Turkey when I was 14. I played five and a half years in Turkey in one of the amazing cities, Istanbul. Uh, and the team was actually really, really popular, really successful franchising team and I had really good mentors, good teammates and uh, um, you know, they prepared me for NBA I would say. And I was 19 so when I got drafted when I entered in NBA draft I got drafted by Orlando Magic and that's how my NBA journey started in uh, 2003. Wow. A 14-year-old in another country and so you're far away from your parents was there another family that you were with? How, you know, as a young, it sounds, oh, you know, you're 14. That's a young age to be off on your own in a whole other country. Much less, you know, <laughs> being part of, you know, a whole basketball franchise. I'm just, were you just like, was that no big deal? You're like, here I am, I'm 14, I can do it. Or was there any doubt in your mind? Oh, my God. I remember, I remember the dates when we got an offer, when we got an invitation to go to Turkey and join this basketball club. That was a lot of sleepless nights, Molly. I got to tell you, like, my parents, uh, myself, well, my parents were couldn't sleep because they were worried, and I couldn't sleep because I was excited because I knew I was going to the better place, and they would, you know, make help me and develop me and, you know, kind of get me closer to my dream that was, you know, playing NBA, obviously, and that was a great step in my life, in my career. That was going to be a great step. You know, one step closer to my dream. So from from excitement, and I couldn't sleep. But my parents were worried a lot. But think about it. Georgia is 3.5, 3.7, I would say, million people, population. And we're talking about moving to the country. Yes, they were their neighbors, but... Remember, back then, it wasn't that easy to travel. Like, right now, I can say, you know what? I want to go to Europe, like, you know, overnight. Like, you know, in a couple hours, I can jump on a plane. Back, back then, it wasn't that easy. So, we were moving to country where from 3.5 to 80 million. I mean, that's a huge change, you know, huge. So, they were worried. 
um, because by especially both both of them are athletes and understanding when you make this kind of change and you say you know what I guess he's right I guess he really likes basketball I guess basketball is his career that's it like you know that's what he chose right you know so when you're still at home and you're doing like school you're doing sports uh, you're still thinking about you know what maybe I can work in the office somewhere you know so uh, how we can give him as good as an education as possible. That way he can start working for some kind of company or I don't know. You know, like you're kind of depending on education. But with this move, of course, education remains to be priority for my family. But then the basketball became priority, uh, I would say. I mean, this, this is only a reason why we'd, we would sacrifice. We would split out in, in a family. So... What happened was my dad came with me and my mom stayed in Georgia because my mom kind of had a little better job, right? More uh, sustainable job, right? Um, so she decided to stay because first year my salary was was nothing. I was making $100 in a month. And honestly, I didn't care about the salary. Like it's, I, I was all taken care of. I had to give me apartment. Um, I had uh, um, coupons for the food. Um, you know, I, I was good. Uh, you know, I had practices for multiple hours per day. They put me in the school and, and, and for free, obviously, because they had some kind of relationship with the private school. So I had all I needed. Um, but unfortunately, my parents had to split because I needed help. I need somebody to, to take care of me and, and plus, you know, make sure I was okay in such a beautiful, but, uh, you know, pretty big country. Right. So, um, that's what happened with, with us. And, uh, unfortunately that year I moved there in 1998. I remember 10th of February, I turned 14 years old and, uh, three days later we flew in Istanbul. And unfortunately, that summer, uh, after the season ended, my, my dad passed away. Uh, so that was a huge shock for us. That was, uh, that, was that really hurt. Um, you know, especially we had a plan and it, worked, it was working out perfectly, right? So my dad was with me, my mom stayed in, in back home and you know, she was working. So we kind of put everything upside down, to be honest. Uh, all the plans were not working anymore. First of all, there was no energy in the family. There was no happiness in the family, right? For for a couple of weeks, couple of months, I would say. So actually, she just started in August, and I was it was September, mid September. I was still at home, and Turkish team was keep calling and calling. Uh, back then, there were no emails; they were just calling, and you know, sometimes we would answer the phone, sometimes we didn't have because you know, when you when you lose a leader and you know, the family and, um, again, the only three of us, right? It's not a huge family and our family were very, very tight, very, very close. Um, it, it was kind of hard to digest, very hard. And, uh, but in, in, in middle of September, I remember my mom looked at me and, and I guess she saw how miserable I was. Like, you know, and, you know, when you really want to do something, you love and love and you kind of see yourself and you're in the right path. And uh, you just cannot do it because I was a kid. I was 14, and 
I couldn't say much back then and because I see my mom also she's crying every single day um, and I worry about her more than anything but on my face it tells tells you that you know what I miss basketball um, I want to go back you know so I guess that's what she read and suddenly like out of nowhere she said pack I said what do you mean pack like pack for what I said we're going back to Turkey so I said I'm going to come with you so that, I mean, suddenly, you know, from set face, you know, from zero to hundred, suddenly you just get excited and, you know, have a smiley face and that the bright light will come on your face. That's what happened to me, you know? So, um, I even don't remember how fast that fact and I, and I said, let's, let's call the team. That way they, they get us tickets, plane tickets and first available flight. And guess what? A couple of days later. We landed in Istanbul, both of us, my mom and uh, myself. So she stayed there with me for some time, for a couple of weeks. And then she said, you know, I was so busy, Molly, like, you know, literally from 7 a.m. to 11 p.m., I had no time even to think about anything negative. Like none. Because in the morning it was school, and I had a, I had a school bus coming, picking me up from my apartment. The school bus was dropping me to the practice facility. And then the team bus would drop me back in my apartment. And every day it was the same and same and same. So my mom said, you know what? Uh, you you matured now. You know, you you, you got this. Uh, and he, she went back home. But she was back and forth. Like she wouldn't stay with me all the time. So um, I know. It was, that's what uh, the, the uh, journey of Turkey was. And, uh, you know, unfortunately... I lost my father, who was, uh, uh, was a good good man, but you know what? It, it, it gave me a lot of things to think about, and I, I definitely lost my childhood and teenage age, and it made me more mature. It made me value things more, and, and you know, my mom also gave me the you know key of the car to, to drive it, and he said, you know what? Uh, I understand you're 14, 15 years old, but you know you got this. You know you gotta, uh, you know you gotta run the family. You know so, um, and nobody believed that I was when I was how old I said 15. I say no, you're not. I mean you 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 still don't sound like it. You know so it kind of automatically puts me in a situation where I say I can I don't have I don't have time to be silly anymore. Like I don't I get up I gotta step up and it was hard like. It was very hard, but I had to do it. Wow. My condolences for your loss at such a young age, and I know your father smiles upon you, like, constantly. And uh, what an honor to his legacy. And a shout-out to your mama for being amazing to, you know, to, to nurture you and love you and then set you free. And, you know, I'm hearing this, this incredible confidence she had in you and I can imagine it being hard, but it's got to be, you know, it's that, it's like, you know, it's within you. And I'm just getting the sense that there was no doubt. It just seemed like you were like, this is, this is the destiny I'm creating. And, and I don't know, is that right? I mean, it just seemed like you were like, I'm going to put one foot in front of the other and keep going and I'm going to make this happen. Absolutely. I mean, there's no other way, Molly, you know. Never doubt yourself and have a confidence, and especially when you love doing something with, like that. And as I told you, you see, you got talent, and I mean, there's a reason why the Turkish team in, invited you, right? So there are so many kids playing basketball, you know, even in Turkey. 
but they found you, you know, in, in different country. They invited you, and you know, they kind of also invested in you. So opportunity was there. So like, what are you gonna do? You gonna miss the opportunity? Like, <laughs> no way, right? So um, you know, obviously, without the Turkish team, I wouldn't be here. I probably wouldn't be talking. Like. Uh, from Georgia to NBA, it's literally impossible. Nobody has done it. Nobody ever. Uh, and, uh, you know, it doesn't seem like it's going to happen anytime soon either. Uh, even though we had multiple Georgian players coming in, but they all had to stop somewhere, like either Spain or Italy or somewhere, you know, and, and Turkey in my case. And it kind of good preparation place because, you know, the league is better, you know, better players and um, they're, they're playing, you know, Really good basketball, so that that was huge in my career, right? Um, and um, so I'm, I'm very, very thankful for the opportunity that Turks, you know, that they, they found and you know they gave to me. And you know, I, I played for them for multiple years. Uh, we won multiple championships in youth level, in the pro level, because I was 16 when I became a pro basketball player there. So. Um, and, you know, I was probably representing them and I loved every single second of it. You know, I, I learned language. I still have a lot of friends and, you know, there is no summer, Molly. I go back to Georgia and I don't first stop. I wouldn't stop in Istanbul. There is no summer. I never remember not stopping in Istanbul, at least for a couple of days because Istanbul, I fall in love with the city. Um, you know, I fall in love with, with people. Um, I, I learned Turkish pretty easily, and uh, when you're younger, obviously you <laughs> you, you you can do it. Um, learn multiple languages, so uh, but that place is special for me. Amazing. So, in when you're so young, can you was there? Sometimes in teams, I could imagine. Oh, this young kid, he thinks he's so great. You know, the early leadership experiences was there ever any rub um how did you learn to navigate you know new relationships and all those interactions and be the leader you know, when age you know when you were so young yeah as i told you uh, you know it's probably one of the first uh, experiences with leadership i had you know and when my mom told me about like i said you got this like you know you, you're the only man here. So, you know, back then, in the Soviet Union, there was a mentality, like, you know, man is running the show and, you know, then everybody else is, you know, kind of following. And uh, so that was one of the first experiences I had with leadership. And, you know, I had to make some decisions and, you know, I had to, um, I had to do the right things, basically, you know, um, Margin of errors was very, very, very slim, and that's been on and off the court, Molly. I mean, not only, not only off the court, but on the court too. Like you cannot make mistakes, right? I mean, because it's such a competitive sport, like basketball. Think about it. in NBA, for example. I'll give you a quick stats. Like only 450 NBA players, right? And every year there's NBA draft that 60 players entering the uh, entering the league. That means that 60 players need to leave. That's a pretty big turnaround. You know that that tells you how competitive it is. So I always say that to making the NBA it's hard, but to to maintain your spot it's even harder. You know. So 
that leadership, you know, started back then, and I was, you know, I was, I was actually pretty decent, like you know, in the, especially playing in the youth 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 teams, uh, and uh, um, the Turkey also made me even better. Like you know, every time I would go back to my play for my country, I was a, I was a captain, and you know, it was a huge responsibility. Plus, like you know, your country when you coming from outside, like you know, if you're playing in Turkey or if you're playing in NBA or outside of the country, like, expectation is you know what, you gotta lead the country. Like you gotta give everything you have to your national team and, and represent your country in the highest level as possible and and help the team to win. So. I've been playing for national teams since I was 15 years old, you know, so that responsibility and that feeling and that mindset of, you know what, I got to go and help my country do the right things, you know, to help them to win. Uh, And you don't win the game on the court, you win the game off the court, right? So the the preparation and and that work ethic and uh, even the pregame speech, right? So all those things matter and it's going to, put you in a situation that you come and you got 100% focus and 100% energy and, you know, your best shape as possible. And then there's a 40-minute war, you know, on the court so against the other countries. Again, you know, I'm, uh, I'm not talking about a bad way, you know, so it's, it's a uh, competitive way within the, you know, within the discipline and within the rules that fair rules with the basketball has and sports has. So, Think about it. I've been doing this since I was 50. So I guess all these little things put me in a situation where, you know, understanding of, you know, leadership and obviously still, it's still growing. It's still, you know, still learning a lot of things from amazing people like yourself, um, you know, either through the videos you post or the conversations we're having and I'm very, very thankful of. So um, it's amazing. Uh, it's amazing when you learn something and it's, it's even better when you, you know, share your experience and share your knowledge with others so um, I'm thankful to be in this situation yeah well I'm thankful for you and I'm feeling this and I know that there was a bit of a missed youth Zaza but your youthfulness and how you approach life really comes through in in a really amazing way and you know basketball sports you know it's a game but there's a, it's a big business and so you share a bit you know you, you got drafted but the business of sport and how do you keep that in check with the playing side of it um because that i i, I could imagine you know there's sometimes that attention right and and i'm wondering how how you handle that yeah you know as i told you as i mentioned um I was 16 when I started playing pro basketball. And uh, I was the youngest player actually in Europe back then uh, to play pro ball in that early age. So relationship with the pro, pro basketball started pretty early. Um, think about it. And I was in the locker room. I was in the bus ride. I was in the hotels with the older people, all the teammates I had, right? So they were all 25, some of them were 30s, you know, and they all had something going on. Like, you know, either they had their businesses or they were talking about money and finance, you know, et cetera. So I was, I was around and listening to all these things. So math always been my favorite subject. So I was pretty good with numbers. 
And, you know, for them to just, one of them had a restaurant, another had, like, car dealership. Because, you know, it's, it's pretty popular. When you make money as an athlete, then you say, okay, what, I mean, yes, of course, athletes love to buy clothes and jewelry, all that, but there's only certain, you know, amount of number you can do, right? So, and then a lot of athletes are, you know, we have really successful people in our industry where they, they're being smart and they don't waste their money and they actually invest their money, right? So... I was lucky to have a good teammate. That's why it's so important for 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 any adult, right? Any, especially in, in my age, in 16. So, like, who's your mentor? Like, who are your teammates? Who are you learning from? Who you're surrounded with, right? So, what type of people? Who are those people? So, I was lucky and you know, to have guys like you know the teammates like I had. So. I had to hear their stories. I had to hear their, what they were thinking, what they were planning for future, right? So I had a couple 30-plus-year-old teammates that means that they were getting close to retirement. So uh, I was, like, hearing from them what their plans were after the retirement, right? So it all helped me to, um, you know, start understanding the business and business was business of basketball. And, uh, you know, even from the ownership, they would come and talk to us, for example. I'd say, wow, this guy owns the basketball team. How? Like, you know, why? What's the purpose? Like, what drives him? Like, you know, so that, I was a pretty curious kid, I think. And um, asking all these questions, and, you know, I was actually getting response as well. So uh, that, that's how you develop the sense of business and, you know, curiosity and, you know, collect all this information. So guess what? A couple of years later, I was in a similar spot where the, my teammates were. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I signed my first contract. I signed my second contract, the third contract. So, you know, of course, I did mistakes. I did some, you know, silly decisions that I shouldn't have made. But, you know, you learn from it, right? You learn from it. And, uh, since I was a kid, I had a, I had a, I had a dream, right? I had, I was dreaming about the NBA and, you know, once I got an NBA, the dream never went. I said, you know what? Then I started dreaming about different things, right? So I have a long career, I have a successful career, I win a championship and then, you know, I'm still dreaming while So, you know, I retired. So now I'm in the second chapter of my life and I have a beautiful family and my wife and we got four kids and I'm dreaming about different things. I want my kids to, you know, get, you know, good education and, I learned a lot of things, how to raise the kids from my parents, and you know, education got to be a priority, but at the same time, boys are playing basketball, so I'm dreaming about going to their basketball games, either it's college or NBA level, and at the same time, build my, you know, businesses, and, you know, help help people, and have employees, and, uh, you know, lead it, and, you know, spread the positivity, because there's so much negativity going on in this world and, you know, especially through internet, the social media, etc. So spread the negative, you know, positivity and, and uh, inspire people. It's all makes, makes you happy. It's all, it's all great. Um, because I remember in my childhood, that's what got me here, to be honest, you know. Um, so I, I was inspired and I uh, helped from my mom as, as, as you uh, recognized was huge, you know, so this was a game changer most in somebody's life and careers, you know, so that's why I pay a lot of attention how you can do this similar thing to others, that way they can keep moving and keep going all the way up. Your brightness about 
of working through it is just is just amazing. It shines so brightly. And we talked about this when things don't go right and failure. And could you just share? You mentioned these things that you've overcome, but just so listeners can appreciate some of the tough stuff and you know where you made some mistakes and what you learned. And really, the, the way you, you rebound, no pun intended, I just think is really, really powerful, folks, to appreciate. You know, you're not going to make it big if you don't, you know, screw up. And, and if you could share a little bit about that, I, I'd love for listeners to hear that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, mistakes, you know, and that's part of our lives, part of the journey, part of the success, a huge part of the success, in my opinion. I've done a lot of mistakes. Uh, in, in my life, uh, absolutely. Um, you know, there comes to relationships and approaching things uh, differently, or, or in a in a business world. Like you know, I was talking about, I was talking about investing, right? So uh, you know, that's what I'm what I'm doing right now, and I'm, I'm busy with my you know investments and. Um, investing in people, investing in companies. So one of my first investments, I would say, was in restaurant business. So I was 24 years old. I was playing for Atlanta Hawks. And because of our culture, like both my wife and I, we like to go outside. We are big foodies, right? So you like to go to the nice restaurant and, you know, just enjoy the process or the good food, have a good conversation. Uh, with the friends, they'll be awesome. And if you're sitting on a patio, it's even better. Uh, if it's warm outside, oh gosh, like nothing better than that, right? So having good food outside on the patio uh, with a nice view. So think about it, like, we enjoy these things and literally we can do a couple times a week. Um, so I felt like, you know, restaurant business was a cool business. So I decided to invest in a restaurant and um, I actually didn't, open one, I opened two restaurants. I said, you know what? One can be boring. So how about we open two different styles of restaurants? One was Mediterranean with, with like a wine. Uh, we had a pretty big collection of winery uh, and, and in the restaurant. And also the second one was more like a bar lounge style with the music and DJ stuff, you know, playing after 11 p.m. So two different lives. So maybe you can have a dinner at one restaurant and go to the another one and listen to the good music, good atmosphere, right? Good wine. So, um, but the way I invested in it, the way I opened it, there was no preparation. It was through because I love, I, I was like imagining like to have this, like going from the one place to another and, you know, uh, I could have get a table anytime I want to. So again, I was only 24. I mean, what I was thinking, like there was no preparation whatsoever, you know, with the business plan, with, you know, with the staff, with the, with the numbers. And I didn't do in my due diligence. I didn't do my homework at, at all. I just say, you know what? It sounds good. You know, if you think about it, um, you park your car right there, you know? So, it was pretty stupid. So I invested and it failed. The business failed, you know, so the investment failed. So uh, that was a good way to start, my life. You know, I say, as an athlete, I hate to lose. You know, it doesn't matter where I, you know, you know on the court, off the court, you know, it, it's business, it's a relationship, it's a, uh, I don't care. Uh, I hate to lose. So after the moment when I decided to close the doors of both restaurants, 
I said, you know what? I have very bad taste in my mouth, so I got to do something about it. And the same summer, exactly a couple of weeks later after the season, I went to Keller. And um, I went to Keller Northwestern University Business, Keller Business School. Yeah, I started taking business classes. We said, okay, I got to be better. You know, I had to be better. So since then, I haven't missed any summer. Obviously, during this season, it's very hard because you play 100 games and, you know, traveling and all these practices. It's impossible, actually, to dedicate your time to, to education. But summertime, you have more freedom. And uh, I, since then, I haven't missed any summer not to go to in a school and some programs, different kind of business programs, right? So I went to Harvard like three times and actually stayed in the campus in a small bed, being 6'11". But it, <laughs> it was funny that I could have fit on the, on the bed, but you know what? I, I, it, was, it was a good feeling because I knew I was doing something good and something right for the future, right? So, because uh, I didn't want to put myself again in that situation where um, I failed because I didn't do enough. And that was, that was my mentality, honestly, throughout my career, too. I never wanted to look back because my mom, my, both my parents would tell, tell me because they had a short career and they were telling me, like, your career can be short, so you can't miss any time. And then on the court, I was making sure I was doing everything as possibly could because my career could be short, you know, either because of the injury or thanks God I didn't have any injury, but it was still, I'm 36 when I retired. So when I say I just retired, I'm only 36 years old. Like, gosh, like who retires in that age, you know? So it sounds weird, but just retire from the sport. Um, but yeah, fail, failure, that's, that was my, one of the first failures in investment. And, you know, since then, you know, like, like as I told you, I, I refuse I refuse to fail. I mean, of course, I, I failed. Uh, I mean, not everything going to be perfect, but at least I'm prepared. I mean, if I fail, I just didn't, you know, didn't get lucky. You know, you know, was was not good enough. But I say I'm not going to fail because I didn't work hard or I didn't think about it. I didn't prepare for it. Right. So. so. Uh. I love the lifelong learner. I love that you really have a reality check. I mean, there's a humility in being able to see the reality as it is and not as you wish it were. And that that, uh, that, that fight that you have is amazing. The, but can you share a bit about, I want to talk a little bit about your basketball academy in Georgia, how that started, what that means to you, because I think it's so wonderful um, that you're giving back that way. So Academy is something I'm very proud of and, uh, you know, makes me happy every time I, I hear something. Actually, I just posted yesterday a video of this kid. Uh, he's wearing a Kyrie Irving you know, jersey. So right now, Academy is shut down because of the pandemic. But there's some chatters that doors will be open. Like they're going to, government going to let us uh, open the doors soon. I'm super hyped about it. So throughout this time, it's been uh, uh, the Zoom workouts, like, you know, at home. Because we still, idea is to keep still be active, you know, not just sit around and, uh, you know, you need to be active. You need blood flowing. We all do. <laughs> Everybody does, you know. So we decided to do the Zoom workouts, you know, either it's, you know, doing some push-ups or some core work or some. I don't know, some squats, something, right? So he's just trying to be creative. So I just posted a video. It's amazing. I highly recommend everybody to see. 
this kid, his two basketball courts, his music is jamming, and he's just dancing his butt off. And, you know, I just love this so much energy, so much positivity, you know. You can tell this kid can succeed, I'm telling you, because it's, it's unfortunate that basketball player to be training at home, like, <laughs> it just doesn't add up, right? Like, but this kid enjoys the process. And if you can't find a way to enjoy something, even though kind of a lot of things are against you, you've got a great chance, my friends. So I say, you know what? I had to post this. Like, this kid is amazing. So, oh, in my career, Molly, like, you know, you approach the things and you achieve the things. And, you know, actually, I was, I, I learned this from my mentor. I learned this from my mentor. He is a long time GM and he's been in this business for a very long time. So he told me, I was like, you know what? When you first start, you're looking at you're looking at the certain things, right? So your mind is about, okay, is this league gonna accept me, right? So then, you know, then you're gonna say, okay, wow, I'm accepted. So now, how can show how can I showcase myself, right? So how I can you know win some awards, like you know maybe rookie of the year, you know this and that, then then you thinking about your stats, your numbers, like how many points I'm scoring, right? So you're not about helping it to win, and you're about yourself. It's very individual, kind of selfish way. And that's part of the every Every kid is going through Every young uh, athlete, right? Basketball player. So and then you thinking about, okay, I need a first contract. I need a big contract, right? So then you sign a big contract, and you go like, oh, wow, this feels good. Like, you know, you're making more money, and, and the time is going, meanwhile. So then you're thinking, thinking about the second contract, right? So then you sign the second contract, and then you think, okay, oh, wow, I need to win now. Like, I got money, right? I got all these awards, and, you know, I'm, I score a lot of points, you know. And I made my family members happy because I was scoring a lot. My wife was happy, my fiancé, whatever, girlfriend. So, uh, but I haven't won anything. So I said, I want to win something, you know. So this is year, like, six, seven, eight, right? So they say, you know what? I want to go to the team where I can win. And then you, you know, you end up winning, right? So great. I said, okay, I won. This feels amazing, Molly. Like, wow. Like people recognize you. People like talk about you because you win and the whole world literally because basketball is a global sport. So, you know, people just, you got fans everywhere, right? And your following is growing and growing and you acknowledge I said, how can I share this now with, 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 you know, with the world, with the youth, right? So that's, that's a kind of, kind of typical process of, of the basketball playing athlete, right? Um, and I, well, of course I wasn't different. So when I got to the point where I said, you know, I want to share. I, especially being from Georgia, this is amazing. Like, you know, I'm playing against, you know, some of the world's greatest athletes, right? And I said, I'm only Georgian uh, right now. I was the third one who came here, but for some time I was the only one. And I'm remembering those kids where the you know where the practice is way better circumstances than I had when I was a kid. That's for sure. I said, you know what? I want to help this kids. You know, I want to open my academy. Um, uh, I want to have the coaches there. I want to have a good system, good plan, good practice plan. Um, and with the right workouts, with the, with the right approach, attitude, you know, bringing the guest speakers over there, 
some of my teammates, some of my friends to come and talk to the kids. And, uh, you know, one of the last who came and visited my Georgia, my academy, was legendary Dirk Nowitzki, who's a good friend of mine. I played with him in Dallas. Uh, so I say, you know, not all of them. We have 1,500 kids practicing right now every single day because we have the largest basketball academy in Europe probably. And uh, not all of them are going to make an NBA. I mean, it's impossible. But <laughs> basketball provides so many great values in life. For example, the, the work ethic, the discipline, the leadership, the, you know, being a good teammate, right? Being coachable, you know, doing extra, being on time. Like, you know, it gives you so much value, so much, uh, teaches you so much that, it's a great place to be. I mean, that's what, that was one of the reasons why, I, you know, my, my kids when they told me, like, you know, they want to play basketball, I said, please do. Like, because I know you guys are going to learn so much, right? I mean, I don't know if they're going to play in the NBA. I have no idea. They're only 11 and 12. But <laughs> just because whatever they're going to get out of it, that make as a parent, that makes me so happy. So that's why I decided to open an academy in Mali that way give a chance to those youth or those kids to chase their dreams and to learn, you know, either, either it's to succeed, like either it's playing in NBA or Europe or come to college or high school. And we have so many, we already gave more than a couple dozen, you know, um, scholarships to those kids in, in, in U.S. in different levels. So I'm just so proud of them, you know, to see them, you know, keep growing and, um, learning and achieving the certain things and this makes me happy this makes a smile on my face and that motivates me and, uh, because I know those kids have good circumstances they have really nice facility with four, four basketball courts and like I say every summer I go back and I spend a lot of time with them and uh, you know, either train them or just go and talk to them and answer any questions or make sure they, they're in the right path because, you know, youth is so important for all of us, right? I mean, all world. And being from Georgia, actually, I take it a huge res- responsibility to make sure the country has, a, uh, you know, good people growing up. And, and they think right and they do the right things and they learn right things, you know. So parents trust us and it's a huge responsibility and we just have to execute it. You are a role model extraordinaire for all ages and I just the way you remember your roots your sense of purpose way beyond yourself Zaza and then you're just dream your dream and I just think that is such a great thing because I think so many people don't maybe give themselves permission to dream and put it out there in the universe and it's amazing what you you have and will continue to create when you do um we're closing down here let me switch quick here so say it skillfully do you have a say it skillfully challenge because i love to hear for folks to know even folks who have lived all their dreams and are creating them sometimes struggle a little bit to find the words so is there a particular conversation that comes to mind By the way, I, I love the name uh, of your show, right? It's, it's pretty cool, pretty, uh, um, pretty nice name you, you, you picked. So I'll give you, I'll give you compliments for that. So um, ask me a question again, please. So if you have any conversation in the past or even now that you might right. struggle a little bit with, and then I could just share a bit. 
Right. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> that you can share on the air. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's tough. <laughs> oh, it's tough. Um, the conversation that I struggle with, right? That I mean, or it's anything that happened. Um, yeah, any struggle. It could be family, could be work. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I, since I mentioned about, you know, lo losing my dad and uh, my mom obviously, you know, became single. Um, I don't know if it fits in, in, in your show, but it was, a, I remember it was a tough conversation between my mom and I because of the culture, because of the, um, because of the culture, I'll, I'll blame more on culture, right? So that's yeah. kind of mentality we had back in, that's why I called darkness. Like, you know, not, it wasn't dark because of that we didn't have the power in, in the country. It was dark also because of the mentality, like, you know, and conversation with my mom, like, if she was going to remarry and start saying, you know, she says, no, I don't want you to remarry, you know, and kind of honor my dad. And that's why I call darkness. And right now I, I, I do recognize, you know, how, how dark it was, you know, both in the country and then mentally, at least on, on me, right? So well, that's why one of the great greatest things happened to me that I left my country was I, I opened my eyes. I got to meet, you know, people. And, you know, I got to introduce to a different culture first in Turkey and then in the U.S. And I started traveling and, I start reading and I start. Oh, uh, Zaza, I apologize. I, I am so apologizing because I'm just getting the word that I've gone over time. So I'm going to talk to you about your mama and honoring that. But I do want to just make a, a closing with you that I am so grateful to you for all that you've done. If I can be of more help to you, I want to be and um, will be comrades going forward. You're a huge inspiration. And I thank you for being part of the solution. My thought for the day is from you. You win the game off the court. Preparation, work ethic, 100% energy. And that's a wrap. Thank you for tuning in. Please be part of the solution and kindly share this show. Reflect on your top takeaways. And no, I'm cheering for you to be who you are and say what needs to be said so that you and those around you have a shared reality, essential to make the best decisions, execute with speed, and achieve outstanding outcomes at work and in life. Thanks for listening to Say It Skillfully with host Molly Chang. Join us again for more ways to say it skillfully next Tuesday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Follow Molly on LinkedIn and Twitter. Check out sayitskillfully.com and sign up so you don't miss her latest 90-second video. And please, be part of the solution. Kindly tell others about this program so they say it skillfully too.